Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. <laughs> That's right. From all corners of the globe, it is Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment on a reckless speculation Thursday. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgat, executive producer at Declan Goff. And our friend, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the five eyewitness news sports department and the scoop podcast. And he brings inside information about Minnesota sports teams. What's going on, Dukes? We want to go all in on Timberwolves. They've been so active the last few days. Uh, it's, it's like those high pitched noises that only dogs can hear. Like you, you got to look hard, but they've been active. They signed one guy to a two way contract. So that's very exciting, but uh, we'd love to do a deep dive into wolves. If you're ready. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Hey, let's do such a good job that maybe one year from now, this particular show, maybe this particular segment can be nominated for a Marconi. Hey, uh. Congratulations, <laughs> gentlemen, on the Purple Daily Marconi Award nomination. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Yes, they uh, they apparently love misery and uh, just complaining about the Vikings so much that they have nominated Purple Daily for a Marconi Award. So. Pretty awesome. So, hey, real quick here, let's um, let's just start. Let's start with a few weeks ago. All of the conversation was about the Wolves pulling off a big blockbuster move, right? John Collins or Ben Simmons. I would put Miles Turner sort of on the fringe of that blockbuster conversation. Um, they made the Torian Prince trade and dumped the Ricky Rubio contract, so they still have an expiring trade chip if they want to swing it, but. Where are those conversations now from what you can tell them? Have the Wolves moved off of Blockbuster and more into sort of smaller, more realistic moves? Or are they still trying to swing for the fences behind the scenes from what you know? Well, Gerson Rosas, Phil, is always going to swing for the fences. But is that realistic when you know that Anthony Edwards isn't going anywhere? Carl Anthony Towns isn't going anywhere. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is going anywhere. But let me remind you that... Rosas in conversations with Daryl Morey, the Philadelphia front office, said in the Ben Simmons talks, two guys are off limits. It's Cat, it's Edwards. He didn't necessarily say Russell is off limits, but Philadelphia doesn't want D'Angelo Russell. I don't think there's a huge trade market for D'Angelo Russell. There might be one or two teams that would trade for D'Angelo Russell, but my sense is if the Wolves wanted to trade D'Angelo Russell, it would not be an easy trade to make. They would have to attach at least one future first-round pick to such a scenario. The Wolves are not doing that. So D'Angelo Russell is here. 
But if we're talking Jaden McDaniels, if we're talking maybe Leandro Balmaro, you know, their 2022 or 2023 first-round pick. Now, if you go 2022, you want to offer multiple, the Stepien rule, so then you would go the 2024. You know, you want to put protection on those picks. You know, does that really get you in the conversation for a quote-unquote superstar? It gets you in the conversation for Miles Turner. And I would argue, Phil, Miles Turner would be a needle mover. Like, we can talk blockbuster, superstar. Like, to me, there needs to be one more move before the season starts that moves the needle, which I don't think necessarily necessitates that of, of acquiring a superstar, you know, like a Ben Simmons. Miles Turner isn't a superstar, but he would move the needle. You would have to give up at least one future first-round pick. But my sense, I've been saying this for weeks, you hire Rick Carlisle, you give him four years, $29 million. Indiana feels like they can be a top five, top six team in the East. So if you're trading Miles Turner, I'm not saying he's off limits if you're the Pacers, they want immediate return. They're not taking, you know, two future first-round picks and, you know, Jake Lehman, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Jarrett Culver, a bunch of expiring contracts. I mean, that's what the Wolves are trying to do, Phil. They have made it well-known to many teams in the league, here is Wancho Hernan Gomez, here is Jake Lehman, here is Jarrett Culver. But, like, who exactly is is that getting you? That That is the dilemma – uh, Torian Prince is an expiring contract too, but the way the trade ended up happening, the day it got announced, he actually can't be uh, combined with anybody else. Like, if you want to move Prince, you can, but you can't move, for example, the way I understand it, you can't then take Torian Prince and Jake Lehman and move them together. Hmm. So there's some complications there. So, like, would they move Prince? Sure. But it's a little bit more complicated when he can't be aggregated with with another player or two. What's come uh, close so far to, to taking place? Has Gerson nearly pulled the trigger on any moves, Dukes? Well, I mean, I'll cite this Ramona Shelburne, Zach Lowe podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two ESPN reporters do an excellent job. On Wednesday night, they went back and forth. And, and Ramona, you know, she's tight with Jeannie Buss, the, the Lakers owner. She certainly has a good relationship with Rob Palenka, who runs the Lakers front office, she said that she heard that the Lakers and the Timberwolves were close to a sign-and-trade a few days ago where Marcus Gasol, expiring contract, he's at the tail end of his career. You know, if you've watched any of, you know, before Spain got eliminated by the U.S., if you watched any of the Tokyo Olympics, Marcus Gasol, I mean, he, he doesn't have anything left. He's done. But then Alex Caruso, good player, you know, he ultimately ended up in Chicago, four years, 36, 37 million, you know, but really good, you know, pesky defender. I mean, he would have helped, you know, like the Wolves need all sorts of defensive help. Caruso could have helped in that regard, you know, but clearly it, it didn't happen. What's interesting, though, to me is, you know, she mentioned how Gasol would have been a salary dump. The Wolves just don't have room to, to bring on, you know, anybody in terms of a salary dump. I mean, that's Oklahoma City. That's San Antonio. That's teams with cap space. So I imagine that would have involved a third team. I'm sure her intel is pretty good. It also leads me to believe if the Wolves were were truly in on Alex Caruso, there are still some guards out there. Like Dennis Schroeder is on the open market. You can play D'Angelo Russell off the ball. So you could make a case for bringing in a guy like Dennis Schroeder. I have not been told that the Wolves are in on Dennis Schroeder. But after reading that Ramona Shelburne, and it was aggregated, I saw it in one of the SB Nation Lakers uh, blogs. So I want to listen uh, to it myself here later this morning. But if that's the case, 
Like maybe the Wolves will will chase whether it's Schroeder or some other guard. But like if you're all about talent acquisition at this point, you look at the free agent market. There's not a whole lot left. Uh, trading for Laurie Markkinen probably is unlikely. Like I don't know what other trade is out there. So if you're trying to bring in a free agent, a guy that's just sitting out there for the taking, you know Dennis Schroeder is as good as anybody. So that's something I'll be exploring later today. But I can tell you, as of a day or two ago. The Wolves were not in on – like Kelly Oubre Jr. is a really good free agent still on the board. I yeah. can tell you, as of Wednesday early afternoon, the Wolves had not inquired on Kelly Oubre Jr. As of a couple of days ago, they had not inquired on Dennis Schroeder. But I'm just saying I will follow up on that. I was curious on Danny Green. So late last night, he ends up resetting with the Philadelphia 76ers, two years, $20 million. His former agent, Joe Branch, is in the Wolves' front office. He's one of the Timberwolves' assistant general managers. So I thought, hey, Danny Green, veteran, can knock down some shots. Sure, you know, he can guard some four men, maybe more a three-man, but he can guard some four men. But no, the Wolves were never in on Danny Green. So, like, I've heard a lot of no's. Like, I've checked on a lot of guys. I thought, would they have some interest in Holmes from Sacramento before he re-upped in Sacramento? No, the Wolves were never interested in Holmes. So it seems like it's a lot of, you know – chatter behind the scenes but like when talking about things they've actually done i you know like i'm running into a lot of brick walls put it that way yeah um a couple things so so you mentioned larry markinen and that would have to be a sign and trade and actually nbaanalysis.net which they they draw up some pretty pretty fun scenarios if you if you ever check out nbaanalysis.net so uh they've got some sign and trade ideas involving markinen and this one would sort of fit what you're saying, which is you you can't tie Torian Prince to another player, so you'd have to do it like this. The Bulls would receive Torian Prince and a 2023 first-round pick that's top 10 protected, and the Wolves would get Lowry Markinen via sign-in trade, and then it would come down to what does that contract look like, right? Like how much more? Because I think my question is, Tarian Prince is $13 million. You don't have, like, you've got some wiggle room, but, you know, it, it seems like the Wolves are trying to get further away from the luxury tax line, right? And as much fun as it would be, I told these guys last week, Doogie, I mean, you have to be mindful of rim protection and defense at some point, but, you know, if you're hitting a brick wall, trying for the Miles Turners and some of the other rim protectors, it might be kind of fun to just be the most fun offensive league pass team in the NBA. You just have... 14 feet of Carl Anthony Towns and Larry Markin and jacking threes and Malik Beasley. So I don't know, like I would be okay with Markin in for the right price, uh, but he doesn't help solve your defensive issues. I mean, he's like the least seven foot seven footer in the entire league. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, his rebounding numbers improved slightly this past year. But yeah. I mean, Phil, he's a minus defender, but like think about Chris Finch offensive mastermind with Laurie Markkinen, mm-hmm. like I really like that potential marriage. He shot 40% from three-point range. You know, he's right around 50% from two-point range. Like the shooting is borderline elite. Like you could really do some damage with Laurie and Cat at the four and five positions on offense. So, yeah, for the right price, I would be intrigued. Now in a sign-and-trade, it would have to be at least a three-year contract. So let's just play out the, the scenario you just laid out. Torian Prince, a 2023 top 10 protected first-round pick. Doesn't seem asinine. Like, that to me is a realistic ask if you're Chicago. 
And I don't think if you're Minnesota, you would scoff at that ask. I'd rather, you know, keep my 2022 first round pick after not having a 2021 first round pick. So 2023 makes sense. Top 10. Yeah, you have Mm -hmm. some protection there. So, yeah, I what I need to hear, though, Phil, is that Chicago would be willing to do that. Also, if you're marking in with about half the league looking at cap space a year from now, if you're marking in, would you actually think about signing the qualifying offer, then becoming an unrestricted free agent in a year? So how much money are we talking? Yeah. Like I was told, Phil, I was told last night that Lori marketing is a long shot for the Wolves. They've inquired, there's interest, but that the pathway to actually acquiring him is going to be really, really difficult. Would you pay Lori Markkinen? So would you give up Prince? Would you give up that top 10 protected 2023 first round pick? Then give Markkinen three years, approximately 45 to 48 million. So we're talking 15, 16 million dollars a year. Would you pay Lori Markkinen that? And you're right. Like the Wolves are what? About $7 million below the luxury tax line. They do want to keep Jared Vanderbilt. They do want to keep Jordan McLaughlin. You got to pay those guys. A little bit. They met with both guys on a Monday. So at the start of free agency on Monday, Gerson Rosas, Branch, it was Gupta, and it was Finch. The foursome were in Los Angeles. The first free agent meeting they had on Monday was with Jordan McLaughlin. So they want McLaughlin back, a restricted free agent. They also later on Monday met with uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So they want those two guys back. There's no, you know, no deal imminent on either front. There's still some work to do on the numbers, but they want both guys back. Let me also remind you, Phil, you could actually go over the luxury tax line now. The goal would be to get below by the end of the season. So you could go over it now, then by April, you know, whatever, mid-April, you'd have to get below. So you might have to dump, you might have to make a dumb trade at the trade deadline to get below the luxury tax. Like you would hate to, or, you know, Jalen Noel is a a non-guaranteed contract. It doesn't become guaranteed until, you know, January something like you'd hate to you know cut a guy like that to have to get below the luxury tax line but there are different ways like maybe Jake Lehman's expiring contract maybe he plays well enough that you could dump him for a future second round pick at the trade deadline that some contender would say yeah Jake Lehman is our seventh or eighth man could help us so Gerson could in theory go over the luxury tax line now then worry later about getting below it so Duke's do you feel like a splash move from the Wolves is coming, or, or could this uh, slow cook continue and and they make a move, but not a big move? Yeah, I mean, probably more so the the latter, Judd. I mean, I think you know another move is coming. I mean, clearly they're going to end up re-signing Vanderbilt, right, and McLaughlin, or you know, if the negotiations crumble, you know, would Vanderbilt sign the the qualifying offer then elect? unrestricted free agency in a year. But one way or another, I see both those guys here this next season. You know, at that point, could they add a guy like, you know, Justice Winslow, former first-round pick? Branch in the Wolves front office also used to represent him. I mean, that's a third-wave-type free agent, though. I mean, Justice Winslow was a failure. Injuries, but he also was a failure after Miami traded him to Memphis. But, like, could I see them landing a guy like that? Sure, eventually – Yes, in terms of a splash move, Judd, like, let me reiterate, who the bleep wants Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jake (laughs) Lehman, 
Spain. Spain does, Doogie. <laughs> they want him bad, and the Wolves wouldn't let him play, and I love it. Well, there's there's still some friction there. In fact, I was texting with a, an Eastern Conference front office executive. I just said, hey, anything, you know, hopping with the Wolves, any buzz with the Wolves? He goes, I just keep hearing Wancho is really, really pissed off. You know, so the Wolves are going to have to, you know, if he's here, you know, maybe mend, you know, that relationship. To some or, or not. <laughs> No, you don't have to. It is, well, I will say. I will say the fact that he know, like he, he flew out to Jap- he flew to Japan. Like that that's was the mistake. Yeah. yeah, that's the pain in the ass. By the way, uh, this this reckless speculation Thursday session here, <laughs> powered in part by Dennis Kirk. If you like to ride during these summer months, whether it's a Harley, whatever you ride, they got one hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock, and uh, and shipping is free. If you uh, spend over $89. So check them out, DennisKirk.com, when the open road calls. So another name that I've seen sort of floated, like there's all these different amazing Wolves blog sites. And by the way, rest in peace, A Wolf Among Wolves, the platform that launched Zach Harper, Talk Hoops, Steve McPherson, and all kinds of great um, just people in the Wolves and NBA blogosphere. But there's been there's been a lot of just names sort of bandied about. One of my favorite ones is Chris Boucher, big man for the Toronto Raptors. One year left on his deal. He's a rim protector. Um, Toronto looks like I don't, this is the thing. I don't know what Toronto thinks they're doing, but like Kyle Lowry's now with Miami. So if Toronto is going into kind of a two or three year retooling period, it might make and they don't think they can pay Chris Boucher. That seems like an interesting. If the Wolves are going to trade for someone that can protect the rim, um, they could do a lot worse than Chris Boucher. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Like, are there are there names like that that aren't being reported, but they've been theorized about in the Wolves blogosphere, um, or is it just a complete like? Is that just a complete non-starting type of a name, Chris Boucher? Well, yeah. And on uh, Wolf Among Wolves, Tim Fackless did a great job trying to keep that thing mm-hmm. going. But you know, he works in the educational system. You know, he's he's being spread thin. So he did all he could to keep that thing going, but you're right. Unbelievable blog on Boucher. Heck his name was on my radar years ago, Phil, where, where the Gophers tried to land him. The wow. Gophers like legitimately had a shot at Chris Boucher. If I'm not mistaken, he may have taken a visit. I don't remember if it was an official or unofficial, but visited the Minnesota campus years ago. You know, so I remember his name back then. Yeah. Right now, like sign me up for Chris Boucher. But until I hear Phil that Masayu Jerry who runs the Raptors, is going in on a rebuild, I don't believe that that he's available. I mean, other people have brought up the name Pascal Siakam. Yeah. What's Toronto doing with Pascal Siakam? Could the Wolves find a way to make a legit offer for Pascal Siakam? Like, I need to hear. They just gave Gary Trent Jr., the Apple Valley native, three years, 50-something million. Like, do you make that move? He's young, but do you make that move if you're going in on a – on a total rebuild after playing the season in Tampa. It looks like they'll now be back in Toronto. You know, with that energized fan base, is that fan base ready after not having basketball live in person this past year? Are they ready for a rebuild? Like maybe eventually, you know, maybe they get off to a bad start. Then in season, they look at moves like that. But I would be – I'd be surprised, Phil, if, if Toronto moves Boucher this summer before the start of next season, but yeah, very intriguing name. I like that name a lot. If, if you could find a way mm-hmm. on the Vikings, Doogie, um, I, I'm told that the whole 
Kirk Cousins' non-vax thing is having some uh, far-reaching implications in the building as far as uh, some people being upset about what his motives are and and how I think the key word here is dedicated to football he is because of, of this. What are you hearing and how much do you think, you know, because the Vikings are going to tell us, well, internally it's not a problem. There are the, the players are a family. It's, what are you hearing about the friction and uh, potential that this could tear the, the team apart? Uh, going back to the fact that Zimmer went on with Barrero this week and just uh, just basically cut open a vein on Cousins and said he doesn't believe in the protocols. Now, Kirk is supposed to be back today, but Dukes, I got to figure <laughs> the the friction between those two alone could probably start a fire in that building. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Judd, you've been on the beat, you know, for, for many years. I mean, you've been in the belly of the Vikings beast longer than a lot of people here in town. So when you're saying that, I hope people, you know, are listening closely. I mean, I, I can offer, you know, a bunch of analysis, but you know more than the three of us here. So when you're saying that, I hope people are are absolutely locked in on on that. I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Doesn't believe in following the protocols. I, I really don't know yep. what Zim is, is alluding to on that. I'll tell you this much. So Chad Greenway was on – ESPN Sioux Falls, uh, my buddy Jeff up there, mm-hmm. JT. And Greenway a few days ago said he's aware of, of a couple Vikings who would retire before, you know, taking the vaccine. If the NFL at some point said the vaccine is mandatory, you need to get the vaccine to play that Kirk Cousins would would just retire. Now, Greenway didn't say Cousins by name, but I'm saying I'm led to believe he's got enough money, you know, with his – uh, beliefs he would not take the vaccine I, I just don't think he's moving off that stance of of not wanting to be uh, vaccinated so could it create some friction certainly yeah coaching staff judd front office i don't think it creates friction in the locker room until cousins misses a game if that happens or if a game has to be forfeited because of some sort of outbreak yeah. then you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but if a game is forfeited Guys lose their game checks, right? I there, believe so. There That's are okay. paychecks that will be that everybody will be does, missing. Do yeah, so do. I can promise you, if it ever gets to that point, now yeah. somebody who roots for storylines, yeah. uh, sure, give me that storyline. That you know, week three, week four, Ooh. whatever, the Vikings can't play a game because of a mini COVID outbreak, and not only the Vikings, but the team they're playing that particular Sunday, they they don't get paid. Uh, that would be off the charts. That's when the friction would come into play. But do I sense there's friction in the locker room today? I don't. But, yes, coaching staff, front office, there are a lot of people livid. And I just wonder, is there a path to the Vikings moving on from Kirk Cousins after this season? And we will get get into that here um, on this episode of Reckless Speculation Thursday and some old tweets exposed. But just just to be 100% clear, this is the language um, that came out in, I think it was in July that this officially came out. If a forfeit occurs, this is this is COVID protocol. If a forfeit occurs, players from both teams will lose their game checks. The team that suffered the outbreak would be responsible for any shortfall in the league's revenue sharing pool and would also be credited with a loss for the purposes of playoff seeding with the opposing team credited with a win. So like, let's say the Vikings and the Packers are set to play. Uh, the Vikings have an outbreak. The Packers don't. 
everybody loses their game check. So the Packers also lose their game check. The Vikings would would owe the league whatever money was lost due to revenue, you know, f- concessions, all those things. And the Vikings would be credited with a loss in that situation. So I mean, besides, unbelievable. And when you say outbreak, Phil, it could be one guy testing positive, but then due to close contact, a bunch of guys not being able to play that Sunday. You know, kudos to the Washington Post for, for you know, getting the story earlier this week. Now, a few weeks ago, I went on the record saying I was led to believe the Vikings were middle of the pack, maybe lower middle. You know, but a lot of guys, a lot of teams convinced their players, like Washington. The Washington football team was dead last. Then they get to training camp, and a bunch of guys, you know, got the first vaccine. So then they start climbing up. But, you mm-hmm. know, the Washington Post numbers – are pretty alarming. I mean, I, I guess if you look at the 90-man roster or whatever the Vikings is right now, 88 or 89, they might have one opening. But it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 players, based on the percentage in the Washington Post the other day, 27 players that are not vaccinated. I'll add to this that that it's not like guys 70 to 90. Like, I know – and I'm not going to name names. If a guy doesn't want to talk about it, now Harrison Smith has talked that he's not vaccinated. Adam Thielen has talked that he's not vaccinated. We know, based on having to sit out multiple days of practice, that Kirk Cousins, Nate Stanley, are not vaccinated. I'm not going to name the other names when they haven't. That's just my own personal policy. I'm not going to name the other names. But I will tell you, from a from a taking snap standpoint, positional standpoint, one, two, three, four, I mean, in addition to Cousins, Steele, and Smith, just off the top of my head, I know of four other really important players that are 53-man roster locks that are not vaccinated. Now, Mm -hmm. could one of those guys eventually change his mind? Maybe, but I'm just telling you. Now, I know of two fringe 53-man roster guys. Those guys are morons. And I know that the agents (laughs) for those guys have told them pretty much as such that, Listen, you're not making the team. Yeah. You're not making the team. They will never admit it on the record. They can't. But you're not making the team. And not only are you not making the team, you are an NFL player, but you're not landing on another roster right. because of this situation. Yeah. Yet it's still not registering with those guys. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, I know of seven, seven 53-man roster locks, and I think there's probably more than that, but seven on the Vikings that are not vaccinated. Yep. And, I'll, and let's and real quick on the Kellen Mond front. So – Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune issued uh, a correction. It was initially thought that Kellen Mond was a breakthrough case, that he was vaccinated and, and was a breakthrough case, and um, he's not vaccinated. So the, the only vaccinated quarterback of the four you know, original quarterbacks, I'm assuming Case Cook is his vaccinated, but I'm not talking about the new guys that got brought in. Uh, Jake Browning's the only vaccinated quarterback. They were quarterback. bringing in a new quarterback that, that yep. wasn't vaccinated. I <laughs> yep. can promise you that. Yep. So, so if you're Zimmer, you know, think about this from Zimmer's perspective. You know, you know that your job is on the line. You know that you're in your mid 60s, and so this might be no guarantees. Maybe he gets hired again if the Vikings let him go. But like, this is probably his last big shot as an NFL head coach this season. And he's looking around and saying, "Wait a second, our third string quarterback, third round pick." brought this into the locker room and because all these leaders also aren't vaccinated, they have to sit out. Like why is it? Well, he's thinking to himself, why is my third string quarterback derailing a week of training camp practice a month before the season? Right. 
and his frustration is valid. If you're if just from a pure football standpoint, his frustration is valid. And I can see I agree with Doogie. I think right now it's very easy. And Anthony Barr came out a couple days ago to say, hey, listen, we all respect each other's beliefs and we're all kumbaya in this locker room. Well, the minute that you have four starters out or you have to start Jake Browning against the San Francisco 49ers or something um, and you miss the playoffs by a game or two or whatever it is, like this, this, this thing is a house of cards waiting to collapse right now if they don't get a higher vaccination rate in that locker room from a pure football standpoint. Now, can you guys help me out on this? Because you say breakthrough, Phil, but there are more and more examples. In fact, my brother-in-law, somebody you know, Phil, Brian, Tested positive the other day. He is fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he's he's doing okay. A little bit of a, you know, a headache and and you know, it's a nasty cold. Essentially, he's not going to end up in the hospital, but it's beating him up for a few days. But what exactly are the rules if if there's an outbreak and it's started by a guy that that is fully vaccinated? Is there some gray area there with with this Delta variant? impacting people that are fully vaccinated in terms of like the nfl's protocols or just in you're talking in general i'm curious so okay the hypothetical of the vikings can't play the Bengals on september 12th because they have a bunch of guys that test positive but those guys are vaccinated yep so we we, still lose their game checks do the vikings still take the loss in the win oh I, i see what you're saying yeah I, but I they're think, fully vaccinated. Yeah, I think if they have to, I think if they have to forfeit because they have enough players who have not been vaxxed, that's the problem. So, so like, like if a breakthrough case comes into the locker room, okay, Cousins is out. Let's say Harrison Smith is out, and let's go down that line. I think that becomes the problem because then you can't feel the team duty. As I understand it, though, the NFL basically said, "Listen, every team, whether it's COVID or any or travel issues or whatever it is." You are responsible for having your team ready and available to play with when your game is scheduled. Unless everyone gets together with the league and says, "All right, can we move this thing to Monday or Tuesday?" And so, if that if you can't figure out a way to play your game, then you lose game checks and you forfeit. That's that's how I sort of understand the the layout of the protocol. And I don't think we're going to have I don't think we're going to lose uh games to that, but I do do think that we're going to see potentially with the Delta uh variant what we saw last year which is um you got to go sign a couple guys you got to go so I, I fully expect that we're going to see games played with not the depth charts and talent that the league wants I don't think we're going to get to the point of actually forfeiting games I mean it wouldn't shock me but that's that is worst case I think it's far more l- likely that we'll just see depleted teams try and play through and be forced to play through that yeah I think you're right although like, what's the next variant, right? I mean, that's what the virus does. It mutates yep, it. You know, there's going to be inevitably, unfortunately, yep. you know, some other variant. Could that variant be even worse than yep. the Delta variant? I mean, that's that's the mystery. But, yeah, everything you just said, Judd, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. All right, we got we to gotta let Doogie go here. Any quick rapid-fire scoops before we say goodbye, sir? Well, credit to Ben Johnson and the Gophers for landing a target that they locked in on. Braden Carrington of Park Center High School was a big-time want. They sealed that deal. Braden Carrington on Wednesday committed to the Gophers. So he is the first player in their 2022 recruiting class. They have a lot of scholarships to offer with that 2022 recruiting class. They continue to work diligently on Farrell Payne, Mm -hmm. a forward from Park Cottage Grove. 
They're working diligently on Trey Holloman, point guard from Creighton, Darren Hall. It certainly looks like Holloman is going to end up with either the Gophers or Michigan State. It's a two-team race there. I know there's some other schools publicly in the mix, but it looks like it'll be one of those two. I think the Gophers can land Farrell Payne, who's blown up this summer. But that's a good start for Ben Johnson. I know a lot of Gophers fans were upset a few weeks ago when Damarian Watson, a forward from Totino Grace High School, chose Iowa State. I'll just tell people that things change, that the Gophers did have Damarian on campus after Ben got the job. There was an offer there, but after watching him this summer, they didn't necessarily want to take a verbal commitment from Damarian Watson. And I would still bet on Damarian. I like Damarian, but things change. It's very fluid in the recruiting game. I'm just telling you, the Gophers, they didn't want Damarian Watson. They wanted Braden Carrington. So it was a very good Wednesday for the Gophers men's basketball team. Nice. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on scorenorth.com, the Scornorth app, and anywhere you find podcasts. Inside information about Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, we'll catch you next week, man. Absolutely. Take it easy, boys. See ya. All right. Um, inject all of that right there into oh, yeah. my veins. I need that Minnesota sports inside info vaccine. That's Give what I need. I have oh, a feeling God, that you would like a... Uh, a couple more Wolves moves, though, or just one big Wolves move, or just one <laughs> Wolves move, one one more transaction put <laughs> you would. over the top. That would make me feel comfortable. Um, yeah, all of that was also presented by Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, been standing behind business owners for over 100 years. They're one of us, based in Minnesota, Owatonna, and uh, they just provide amazing resources and expertise and knowledge to help your business shield against potential threats. So check them out, Federated Insurance Dot com And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land Lakes Legends Classic, August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic, presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The Legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment, with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Minwalkington Sioux Community. All right, Reckless Speculation Thursday rolls on here. Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And boys, I think Declan, do you have a couple clips of Mike Zimmer here that you want to fire? Or are those are those old just on air production meetings? Uh, I do have one on him talking about Jeff Gladney. That's uh that's what I have. Let's uh actually let's let's hold that for a second because yeah. let's let's take what Doogie was just talking about. And Judd, you guys kind of touched on this um Kirk Cousins not getting the vaccine, how that's landing in the locker room. I think Signs have been pointing since the draft to 2021 being Kirk Cousins last year as the Vikings starting quarterback. Um, they tried to trade up to seven to eight. Like they tried to trade up for Justin Fields, Correct. according to multiple reports. Yep. So they were already thinking about first round top 10 quarterback. And then they landed on Kellen Mond, who I think they, they probably had Justin Fields higher and then they liked Mond, and so let's get the let's get the left tackle in the first round, and then and then we'll take you know Kellen Mond is maybe a bit of a longer shot to be a starter, but like they they started preparing for life after Cousins months ago, mm-hmm. before all of this stuff landed. Right um, now, they probably sensed during the draft that all right, COVID is still going to be a thing. Vaccines are rolling out. Kirk doesn't want to get the vaccine. I'm sure some of that went into their thought process, but. 
now that we've had an actual week of practice missed, and Mike Zimmer has been absolutely transparent, pulling no punches about how he has not specifically gone after Kirk to the to the uh, assembled press, but he but he did make that comment to Barrero yes. on KFXN, right? Was, yes, um, saying that Kirk doesn't believe in the protocol. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is there seems to be a lot of tension between Zimmer and Cousins. Zimmer has always kind of kept Cousins at an arm's length. Like he's, you know, he's praised him, but he's he's never loved Cousins like he's loved Bridgewater. There's also no guarantee that Zimmer is even around after 2021, which complicates this even more or maybe makes it more simple. But I think the writing's on the wall here that if there was any doubt before, 2021 will be Kirk Cousins last year as the Vikings quarterback, barring everything coming together and them going to like the doorstep of the Super Bowl, right? Yes. Uh so if we go back to the draft, the Vikings had genuine interest in Trey Lance and Fields. When Lance went, what, third to uh, San Fran, that basically came off complete because they they were not going to get up that high, Yeah, which is why they definitely made calls about trying to get up to get Fields before the Bears jumped and did the exact same thing. So there has been an exit plan, in my opinion, where they've at least been sniffing around for for Kirk's replacement now, um, going back to the springtime, which leads me to believe, and Phil, we we, uh, talked about this at the time, the Vikings definitely talk to teams about Kirk. Like, there's no question that they talked, that they got calls. San Fran at some point for sure called. Um, It didn't materialize. Here's the curveball to this whole thing, though, And, and it's the one thing that they didn't account for, and I don't blame them because we didn't. When the vaccines were rolling out, they knew that they had players that objected. But I think they thought to themselves, once once COVID starts to get taken care of more and more by the majority or by lots of people being vaxxed, it's going to die down. Well, what they didn't account for was the variants. And so now, now out, you know, surprisingly it dies down and then it comes back. Right. And guys are consistently getting sick. Um, I, I saw some frustration from players. So the players association, I think sent out a memo yesterday. They are urging the league now to get vaccinated players tested every day again. And players are like, well, I got vaccinated not to do this. This is ridiculous. Why should I have to? Well, it's because there's a lot of things that are fluid here and that are consistently changing. So I think what the league and the Vikings thought was not going to be a problem by now, for the most part, for guys like Kirk, is a problem. Um, and, and what I've heard more so from the Vikings standpoint is the frustration that lies right now with Kirk is much more the executive staff. It's much more the, the you know, from, from Zim and the coaches on up, not on down. So I think players are very live and let live until it impacts their their games and yeah. their paychecks, which changes it. But I also think that there was a a understandable miscalculation in where we would be with COVID right now. And the fact that I think a lot of people thought, well, it's going to basically be on the decline and starting to really go away by now. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And that's the type of thing now that you're going to have to deal with if a guy like Harrison Smith or Kirk Cousins or Thielen is exposed, 
it becomes a real problem. Yeah. And by the way, this is just to reiterate too, this is not a Vikings enforcement or mandate. Correct. Very very clearly not, because they're the lowest vax rate in the league. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, it's the it's the the NFL has said, listen, we aren't we're, we want to put fans in stadiums. We want the best quarterbacks active for every game. If injuries wipe guys out, that's one thing. But we aren't going to have guys missing games because of positive tests and whatnot. So the NFL has said to protect our shield, to protect our revenue and our game. Right. right? You're right. Then we're we're gonna we're gonna be very heavy handed when it comes to players who aren't vaccinated and. Judd, you found this quote from Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill this week, and he said, quote, I wouldn't have got the vaccine without the protocols that are in, that they are enforcing on us, the league, he means. It's a personal decision for everyone. Everyone has to make the best decision for them and their families. This is kind of our mindset in this building, but they are trying to force your hand, the NFL. Yep. I love this game. I love this team. I want to be able to compete and do the things that are important to build chemistry and win football games. Ultimately, that forced my hand into getting the vaccine. Now we can sit here and like, there's, I'm sure there's a debate to be had from a lot of people that watch and listen to the show. Like, well, why would you be? Why are you hesitant? Right? You know. But ultimately, Ryan Tannehill said, "I want to win a Super Bowl." Correct. And and so, listen, you can if if you're on the side of things that says, listen, this is a personal decision for Kirk and. If Kirk decides for him and his family and his religious beliefs or you know, whatever is driving this, he has not spoken publicly about this. Maybe he will today. Um, if you've decided, listen, I just I can't I can't go that extra step like Tannehill did or like, you know, Nate, I don't, I don't have a full list of the vaxxed and unvaxxed quarterbacks. But I think the quarterbacks who are vaccinated have a better chance to play 17 games, which means their their teams have a better chance to win more games and and win Super Bowls or, or compete, right? Like, could you make it through the whole season unvaxxed and not be put in COVID protocol? Yes, sure. But there's a better chance Ryan Tannehill makes it through 17 games than Kirk Cousins right now right. because of the way the NFL's protocols are set up. All right, that's that's what this is all about. The league is actively looking to punish non-vaxxed players. It, it might not be fair. It's that simple. They are actively looking to say, if you are not vaxxed, we are going to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it has nothing to do with, do you get it? I, I mean, Kirk Kirk is fine right now. Kirk didn't get it. And and, and, if, he, and if he gets about, it, he might be fine. Yeah. He might not get any symptoms. Absolutely. But I've, I've seen tweets about, you know, well, Kirk Kirk's not sick. He's fine. No, he's not sick. Being sick, this has nothing to do with any of us on this show being concerned about players' health. I, 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 think, I think Kirk will be fine if he gets it. Right, but I'm, but I'm saying. I think. I mean, he might not. But, but, I, the, league, but the league doesn't. It, this is not about your health and, oh, my God, you might get it. And if you don't. And then, and then the, the debate starts. He's, a, he's an athlete. He'll be fine, which to what yeah. you just said, Phil, might be absolutely correct. It's true. Th- this has nothing to do with that. This has to do with exposure to it and the league looking to crack down on you if you're exposed to it. So so the fact that he was exposed to it less than a week into training camp, okay? Now I'm just thinking about Kirk exposing himself. Um yeah, let's not think God, about that. Why? Let's yeah, thank you, Declan. That's um, the, the next Instagram no, you like post. That? You like no, that? No, I don't no, I don't like that. You no, like I don't this? like that. I, I don't want that. I don't like that. No, 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 please don't do that. Um, but that's that's the key to the conversation is exposure to COVID, not do you have it. Um and look, 
the league. The league doesn't care about. No, they care about money. Health. This they is all driven by money. <laughs> right, right. And they and this is and this and look, pro sports and especially football love when they can have the hammer. Right, like they love it. Goodell had, thrives off this. The day he came in as commissioner, what was his first dance? Law and o- order commissioner. Right. I'm gonna and you know he suspended Pac-Man Jones for a year. I think. When yeah. Pac-Man Jones at the time, I don't think had any convictions. He he was just going to strip clubs and stuff, and was <laughs> and Goodell comes in and bang right away, right? So this is another example of that. But the problem, if you're the Vikings, is it's not like you can go out and sign, you know, a vaxxed QB. Oh, good, he can start for us. Yeah. So that so that's where the conversation has nothing to do with ethics. It has nothing to do to do, in my opinion, with health and concern about health. Or, or um, righteousness of this is our political view and you're wrong or religious view. No, wipe all of that away. It has to do with one thing, or actually two things, revenue and winning football games. Mm-hmm. And, and ratings, which leads to revenue, well, right? Revenue, the, the, right. The, Sunday, the, the Sunday night football schedule, you don't need backup quarterbacks playing each other, <laughs> running, running wildcat formation, right, if you're this, the Broncos this, last year. But this is one where, where you can't be cynical enough in my opinion, like, don't think of this as let's talk about this. Let's be rational. Uh-uh. It's not rational. It's money and wins. By the way, the uh, Vikings have officially activated Kirk Cousins, Nate Stanley. Oh, and uh, kicker Riley Patterson has passed his physical, and he's oh. also uh, been removed from the pup Just list. in time a for a little camp competition. Yeah, Just you know what? After what I saw yesterday, that competition might be a good idea. Nice. Um, one last thing, and then we'll get to old tweets exposed on this on this Kirk front. And by the way, these uh, these Kirk Cousins speculative takes are presented by our friends, perhaps not coincidentally, at Burnsville Heating and Air. Okay, so Burnsville Heating and Air is offering full time positions and offering up to two thousand dollars sign on bonuses. And you don't have to live anywhere near Burnsville. Okay, you could they'll, they'll find you a job site, construction sites. They're installing HVAC systems um, within ten to twenty minutes of your home. So don't worry if you don't live anywhere near Burnsville. And uh, one of the best parts about this, if you know nothing about HVAC installation, but you're just looking for work and you feel like you could be a, a handyman, they'll start you off with on-the-job training, an apprentice-level position, full time, and they're taking all different. So if you're if you're an apprentice, if you're a lead, a finisher. Um, they're looking for full-time year-round workers, lots of overtime opportunities. So check them out. Burnsvilleheating.com. Click careers. Burnsvilleheating.com. Click careers. I just think Zimmer in particular, and I don't know exactly how Spielman feels, but because um, ultimately he's made the decision to give Cousins two contracts. I think they're looking around and saying, all right, we signed him coming off a 13-3 and season. Certainly, there have been other flaws with this football team, namely offensive line, that yep. aren't necessarily attributed to Kirk, right? This is this is a team game. He is the most important player and influential player. But what have we you know, what do we have to show for this so far? Three years, one playoff appearance, and it was it was fun. It was a great game, beat the Saints. Um basically five hundred football over the course of three years, and it's harder to build an offensive line, a full roster. With his contract, right? I think they're they're adding all these things up before all of this. And now if there's going to be tension between him and the front office, tension between him and the coaching staff and Mike Zimmer, it's just, uh, I don't know, all the writing's on the wall, man. 
Well, this is this is the last dance. <laughs> the yeah. last dance. And to add on to that, think about this roster. It's it's a it is a going for it. Now it might not be the right one, but it is. It's a going for it deflatable roster. Think about all the, the parts that if things don't go well in 2021, you can simply pull the plug and be done with it, right? Yeah. Patrick Peterson, one year contract. Um Sheldon, I, I believe, is on like two years, but that's not much. There's a lot of parts defensively to, to this reconstructed defense that could just be gone. Uh, so like this team, this team said we were really disappointing in 2020. What can we do to at least short term go for it? And and they're doing the best in their opinion that they can. Now, it might not be good enough ultimately, but that's fine. Um and now you're practicing for what four days without your quarterback. So yeah, this is it's got to be incredibly frustrating to people like Zim who truly only care about one thing. He just wants to win football games. Like like that's his life's work. He doesn't care about your health. He doesn't care about his health. The man coached blind basically for a while. Um, <laughs> he almost so lost I was, an eye. He's like I was willing to lose an eye to <laughs> beat really Jacksonville. Like, was, they, to beat they, Jacksonville. They were like, Mike, go home, quit grinding film while you're going blind. He's like, no, I'm not going home. No, it's so, the Jaguars. But I mean, think about Arr. that's really weird to me. I get that, but think about that mentality. And then you have a guy who's like, my religious beliefs are this. I'm not saying Kirk's wrong. I'm saying Mike Zimmer can't identify with that one bit yep yep and so we'll see what he says he's going to talk at some point he's back at practice today I'm, I'm guessing he'll just try and dodge and avoid and just hope all this goes away we'll see um speaking of dodging and avoiding and hoping all these things go away old tweets exposed every week on Mackie and judd presented by our friends with the Minnesota Twins, all right? We've been hard on the Twins this season, mm-hmm. but August is a fun month at Target Field. I mean, Target Field is just the best bar in the Twin Cities, let's face it. Yep. Yes, it and uh, Nelson Nelson Cruz <laughs> is coming back at some point here in the month of August, and so there's just a lot of fun things on the horizon. And uh, you can check out Twins games at Target Field. Tickets are available at twinsbaseball.com slash tickets, twinsbaseball.com slash tickets oh man it is a two-thirds edition of minnesota twins old tweets exposed old beat writer macadac has a tweet that i'm going to dig up here from the end of 2009 into 2010 i also have a similar one in 2011 judd actually has a a different take on a different sport but let's start things off bill Mackey. oh boy october 11th 2009 some more potentially good news for the Twins. Harden projects to be a type B, and Bill says Harden, Baker, Floyd, <laughs> Blackburn, Pavano, cool. And I don't think this is facetious cool. I think you're actually saying that sounds pretty damn good to me. Did they sign? Did they? Did, did Rich Harden play for the Twins? No, <laughs> did no. He? I must have been talking. So, Wait. so he actually Wait. did, but it was like remember in 2012. I think they 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 took a flyer on him in a minor league deal, and then I think his arm wasn't you know cleaned. And well, this is oh nine. But this so is oh nine. This is pre this is him trade? his trade arm falling off. Okay, so so two thousand. Oh my god. So this would have been right after they got bounced Must by the Yankees, right? Yep. This yep. is like right around there. And we're talking about free agent types. So he went, he played for Oakland in 08, and then he went to the Cubs. So he got yeah. traded to the Cubs, and then he 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I take that back. He went to the Cubs for 09 and then eventually signed with Texas for 2010. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened there. But uh, yeah, Rich Harden, that guy was pretty good, but also could never finish a season because he was always hurt. I don't know what that was referring to, but that would have been a fun rotation. <laughs> Pavano as the five. How about the Pavano as the Baker? five. Slowy. Baker? Slowy? Back to Baker. Oh, well, speaking Slowy. of Uh-oh. Kevin Slowy. December 6, 2011, we better have gotten something decent in return for Slowey, who was <laughs> traded for a player to be named later, and I believe Kevin Slowey had like an ERA of near like eight in 2010, and I was convinced that they could still get someone decent in that return for good old control <laughs> Kevin Slowey. I love it. I love the we there, too. We. Just Declan, Declan sitting in the front, Dec- sitting in the front Dec- office. Yep. Declan we. was a youngster, man. He's like, we, we better have got some good. All my favorite twins are being traded. They better get something good. <laughs> no, no, Declan, those players suck. I got to oh, say, like, boy. so my my tweet was mostly hoping that the twins would sign Rich Harden and being optimistic about that would have been a decent rotation. Declan was like overvaluing Kevin Slowey yeah. hardcore right there. All right. Judd Zolgad with the basketball take from August 1st, 2014. This is why the Wolves should give Rubio the max with a clause barring him from yes. any NBA competition. So this was non-NBA, the Olympics. Any non-NBA. Any non-NBA. Uh, non-NBA excuse me, yeah. This was right around the Olympics. So, yes. so Judd's view of giving Rubio the max was simply to bar him. I, well, maybe twofold. Maybe he wanted the Wolves just to give him the max. And two, so he wouldn't play in the, in, in the Olympics me- for Spain. So, so this shows, this documents my consistency in hating international <laughs> competition. Okay, yeah, I want to. Because this is 2014, and and I believe my gripe at that time on the show was this: Ricky went and played for his country, and would do what he's good at, right? Like he'd go and pass the ball, and I was always like, "Why are you spending the summer working on what you're good at, dude? Improve your shooting, improve other things." So, part one embarrassing part two i'm still on board with i mean you wanted to give ricky rubio a five-year max I contract think I win again i and if, if i do three game win streak boys i, I think i've won the past two weeks i think judd takes it here oh, i think judd takes it here congratulations judd. Well, go, nice job. i believe i'm three for three the last three weeks that's a hell of a streak for you right i'm now. very proud of this yep. yeah. hell of a streak. i love the fact that i have been trying to ban international participation <laughs> For that long. Good for me. Amazing. Yes. All right. We got a bounce here. Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the Marconi finalist, Purple right. Daily, daily Vikings entertainment. Where uh, So we, we have Purple After Dark posted from last night, and we decided let's wait and see what happens with Kirk on the practice field today. And if he, Is he scheduled to talk today? I've not seen that yet. Okay. I've, I heard he probably will, but I have not seen official documentation of him going okay. to the podium. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Mackie and Judd, Declan, we'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.